Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, hello, everyone. It's so good to see you this morning. We're so glad that you're here today. It's going to be a great day at SCC. And so we're glad that you're here. Uh, matter of fact, I want to talk to you about today uh, uh, of commitments. Um, and let me just ask you a question. Wouldn't you agree with me that there's great benefits to making commitments and sticking to them? Do you agree with that? I mean, like, okay, making one is like, uh, but sticking to it is a big one. Like, like, you know, going to college pays off. You know, it's a proven fact that if you go to college that you're going to make, you know, uh, probably two times more than the person that doesn't. Going to trade school pays off. And also, um, making a commitment of such like weight loss. You know, you make that commitment and you stick to it and then you get to see, you know, your, your body change. I mean, that, that has big benefits to it. Another one that I would say is marriage. Uh, making a commitment, that's what it is, saying I will and making that commitment, sticking to it. And let me just stop here and say this. I talk a lot about marriage in our church, but if you've, you know, if you've been through a divorce, don't feel bad. I'm talking about your future, not your past. So always remember that, okay? And then another one is like, you know, going to the gym, making that decision, okay, we're going to go to the gym, we're going to get in shape. And, and, and that has a big benefit to paying off. Matter of fact, uh, about five weeks ago, uh, Christoph and I, the guy that's our music director here that plays the keyboard, he and I started working out. We meet at 5.50 in the mornings at Gold Gyms and at Gold's Gym, and we started working out. And, and uh, Christoph told me the other day, we was having a conversation while I was working out, and he said, you know, that they're closing Stone Mountain. And I, I had never not heard that they were closing Stone Mountain. And he said, yeah, he said, they're closing Stone Mountain. I said, well, what, you know, why? Why are they closing Stone Mountain? I mean, that's been a historic park in Georgia. He, he said, he held his arm up like I said, because they found a bigger rock. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. To be young again, to be young again. So anyways, uh, but today I want to I talk to you about the importance of making uh, decisions and, and making a commitment. And one of the ways we make that is by saying, I will, I will. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a marriage conference at our church. We had over 200 people in this congregation on a Saturday morning looking into their spouse's eyes and, again, make a recommitment. And we redone our uh, wedding vows, and we looked into each other's eyes. And when I looked in Rhonda's eyes, I saw her eyes just sort of watering up a little bit. And I was so moved. And, but I was, after I was, afterwards, I thought about that because I don't know if that was, oh, God, thank you that I have this wonderful, wonderful man. Or was it, oh, God, <laughs> why must I still be tormented? I don't know. Uh, 
Because I got to thinking, you know, when she first looked at me, like when we first said I will years ago, she looked at me and I had an afro. <laughs> now I have no fro. Matter of fact, what hasn't turned loose is turning gray. Uh, so anyways. But today I want to talk to you about saying I will to God and saying I will to my church family. We're going to look right into what Jesus said. In, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus takes us on this one, two passages that he gives us that we're going to just glean from today. And look what it says in Matthew 18 and 19 and 20. It says this. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am in their midst. Okay, so I want to give you four things today that I think that will help us and the benefits is what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the benefits of commitment. And so here we go. Look on your outline. Saying I will to my church helps me. And we're going to talk about the four benefits. The first one is this. Number one, stay connected to God. And now here's the benefit. I want you to write it down. It's power of God. That's the benefit of staying connected to God. It's the power of God. As you write that down, if you'll look at the verse again, we're going to look at verse 19. Look what it says. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them. Now, let's read this last part as you circle it. You ready? Here we go. By my Father in, by my Father in heaven. So we understand that when we come together, when we come together as a church, when we sing together, when we worship together, when we talk together, when we hang out together, when we do that, that there is a connection to God and a connection to the power of God. When we come together, there's something about that, that Jesus said that, that when we, when we come together, that there's a connection. And it's through his Father's name. It's through the Father's name. We are, when we come together, we're reminded of our connection with God, and that connection of God gives us hope. It's amazing to me how that we can come to church in a setting like this, hear a song that would be sung, hear someone just, just say something to us, someone shake their hand, shake our hand, someone just smile at us, and we could feel so hopeless, but all of a sudden hope is birthed. You see, the world doesn't have this. People that are not, don't have this connection do not have this benefit that I'm talking to you about. Matter of fact, many people that, that feel hopeless spend a lot of time sitting around a bar stool in a bar, trying to, trying to drink away the hopelessness. Many people that, that you and I are aware of that feel hopeless turn to illegal drugs or maybe abuse prescription drugs. And, and, and they find themselves turning to this in order to, to try to drown hopelessness in their life because they can't find hope. We would say this, that many neighborhoods that you and I know about in our communities that are places where drugs are sold, and we would say that a person is a part of a crack house because they're going to the crack house to try to find hope see many times people when there is no hope they turn to dope right 
And so what, but we as the followers of Christ, we, we had that, I enjoy a benefit that many people do not have, and you don't understand, they don't experience this, and that is that when we feel hopeless, we, come, we don't go to the crack house, we go to God's house. Amen? We don't go to, we don't, it's not, when we, when we need hope, we don't turn to dope, we turn to God's people, and when we're around God's people, it's amazing how that hope happens. And I just want to tell you today that SCC is a church full of dealers. We don't deal dope, we deal hope. Amen? So you just go and put it on Facebook today. I am a dealer. I'm telling the whole world. Be careful, though. You have a line outside of your house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're, we're hope dealers. And that's what the church is. There's a, we're hope. We're connected to God. And when we connect to God, we connect to His power. And no matter what's going on in your life, no, one, no matter what's transpired in your life, no matter what, is that you don't have to be hopeless because when you connect to God, you realize that He can do anything in the whole entire world, no matter how bad it looks or how difficult it seems, that your circumstance does not overwhelm God. Amen? It doesn't overwhelm God. That's why the psalmist said this in Psalms 1, 1, uh, 22 and 1. Look what he says. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let's read the last part out loud together. You ready? Let us go into the house of the Lord. How about you? Are you glad? Are you glad? Are you glad that you're in the house of the Lord? Because you're getting a benefit that other people are not getting today. And that is that you're getting a benefit of hope this morning. The benefit of the power of God. Now today, if you're not a Christ follower, you have no clues what I'm telling you. Because as a matter of fact, if you're not a Christ follower today, and really there's this power of God and where it draws believers in, sometimes it can make you a little bit afraid and make you want to go the other way because you're still afraid of it. Let me tell you something. Why don't you cross that line today? Why don't you just go and cross that line? Why don't you go ahead and just pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today and, and become a follower of Christ that you can experience the power of God, that benefit. Matter of fact, uh, there's a prayer right inside of our program that we have for you that you can pray and you can talk to God on your own. You don't have to have me pray for you. You don't have to raise your hand, stand up, kneel down. You don't have to do any of that. Just talk to God. And the only thing we ask you to do is that you would check on the back of your connection card, praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Would you please do that so we can pray for you? Okay, number two. Saying I will to my church helps me. Here's the, here it is. Number two. Let's just read what you have on your outline. You ready? Let's read it together. You ready? Connect to a foundation of truth. Now, here's the benefit. The church. Write that down. The church. It's the benefit. Matthew 18 and 20, Jesus again speaking. This is Jesus. This is not Jeff. This is Jesus. Jesus said, for where two or three agree together in whose name? Why don't you circle that? My name. My name, I am there in the midst of them. I want you to write that down. I want to be very, very clear with you just a moment. I want to be as candid as I can be to you. 
I want you to know that Jesus says what makes us a church is when we gather together in Jesus' name. Okay? Gathering together in my name, in the name of Jeff, gets you nothing. Let's be honest with you, it gets you nothing. And when I gather in the name of you, it gets me nothing. But when we come in the name of Jesus, it, it matters. It makes us a church. A matter of fact, also, when we come in the name of Jesus, it makes us God's family. Now, many times, like at Thanksgiving, we gather, you will gather with your family. And, you know, maybe, you know, like in our family, it would be we gather with the Dawes side of the family. And people would look at us and say, that's that Dawes family down there. And then we'd gather with Rhonda's family. They would say, that's the Hoyt family gathering over there. People associate you with your family name. Would you agree with that? Okay. So the, re the way we got this name Christian, by the way, is when be people begin to follow Jesus and, and the church was born. And, and so they couldn't call him Jesus. So they said they couldn't call him Christ. So they said, you are Christians because you are like Christ. See what I'm talking about? When we as a church gather together in the name of Jesus, we are, we all of a sudden, the Bible says that we become the family of God because we're gathering in His name. All right? When people ask you about, let me just back up and say this. Do you know that in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus said we're to pray our Father, not my Father? Do you realize that? Okay, that just freaks me out because every day I pray the Lord's Prayer. I would encourage you to as well. And so I would, I, it's hard when I get on my knees and I start praying, I say, our, I say, our Father. I want to say my Father until I understood that. The reason that he had to say our Father because God always wanted to remind me and remind you that his church is not just about me. It's about all of us, Right? That's why when people ask you about SEC and they say, what kind of church do you go to? You know, what they're asking is about the demographics of our church. Our church is not a white church. Our church is not a black church. Our church is not a red church. Our church is not a yellow church. Our church is not a young, cool church. Our church is not an old, prude church. Our church is just a church that's under the name of Jesus Christ, and we are His. Amen? Amen. Our Father. We don't say my father we say our father that we're all brothers and sisters in jesus christ and you're not going to divide us because we are united in him amen 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 now i gotta, I gotta walk with you a little bit further. let's talk about this church a little bit more look what happens here again the apostle paul is writing a guy by the name of timothy he's in the bible and he's writing him here and he's telling him about the church look what it says in 1 Timothy 3, it says, Although I hope I can, I can come to you soon, I am writing these things to you now, then even if I am delayed, you will know how to live in the family of who? Okay, you've got to know how to live in God's family. Now, look what he says here. The next part's underlined. That family is the what? The church of who? Of who? He's not dead. Just want to tell you that, all right? He, you know, many people just leave Easter in the tomb, but no, he got up. Okay, never, all right, we've got to go on. Okay? The living God, now look what happens. So the family is the church of the living God. Now here's the purpose of it. 
The support and the foundation of the what? Truth, not a lie. Here it is. Here it comes up on the screen. Watch this. Here it is. It's coming up. On the screen, the church is the conscience of the world. The church is the conscience of the world. Don't you let that soak in. So, if you gather, you gather, you say, I'm under the name of Jesus. You're the church, all right? You're the church. You are the church. We gather together. We're the church. The building doesn't make us a church. It's gathering in his name that makes us a church. But guess what? You are the conscience of the world. The church is. You know what that means? That means that people could do everything, anything they wanted to and never feel, any, feel bad about it if the church wasn't on the earth. Just think about it. Who says murder's wrong? Who says it? God, right? The Bible, God. Who's, who says that it, it's wrong to, uh, you know, to rape a person? The Bible, right? Who says it's wrong to molest children? The Bible, right? Who says it's wrong to steal? The Bible, right? Who says it's wrong to kill? The Bible, right? Who says it's wrong? The only way that we have a right and wrong is this word right here in the book. And when you live by this book and you are under the name of Jesus, guess what? You are a walking consciousness of God. That means the people around you, listen, they could do really bad things if you weren't around. But just you just being, just by you being there reminds them that there's a God in heaven and what they're doing is wrong. That's why some people just don't like you. <laughs> she get that? It, 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 it has nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? It, it's the Spirit of God that's in you. Did you see that? It has nothing. You, you think, well, man, they just don't like me. You know, what is it? The way I look? No, 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 no. It's the Spirit in you. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Just your presence there all of a sudden speaks of their presence and says, this person right here is, is of God, and they don't want to be of God, and that spirit speaks of their spirit. Are you following me? I'm getting a little deep on you, aren't I? There's something. You just know that you know when you get around some people, don't you? You can tell when you're around a person who's got the spirit of God in them and a person who don't. So what I'm trying to say is this. is Listen, if it wasn't for you, they could, people could just murder, and, and it wouldn't be wrong, Right? People could just, just come in and steal everything, and it wouldn't be wrong. And here's the deal. So the world, in the crowd, the world will hate you. Jesus said that. But one-on-one, they'll listen to you. I learned this a long time ago. When I was about 15 years old, I'd become a Christian. And when I turned 16, I got my first public job. I'd worked before them, but I got my first public job. And it was a printing place in our, our small town. Nothing, jocks worked at that place. All the football players on our high school football team, the popular guys, worked at that place. The only reason I got a job there is because my dad knew the guy that uh, ran the place, all right? So this runt was not a football jock, all right? So as I started working there, I became a Christian, and, and I found out that, that when I was working around them, that they would make fun of me. I'd become the butt of a lot of jokes. But guess what? Once a week, I had this special job. I would drive a truck from Monroe, Georgia, which is about an hour and 
15 minutes away to the, to the Hapeville post office. I had these papers in this truck, and one of those guys had a ride with me. You're big and bad with your buddies, aren't you? That's right. You ain't got me in the Holy Spirit by yourself yet. It's amazing. It's t- when we would get out and we would begin to drive up the road, you know, I'm, I'm not saying nothing. You know, I'm just driving. Those big old burly football players, so cool in school, sit over there in that pastor's seat and cry like a baby. Jeff, I wish I could be like you. I'm scared about this and I'm scared about that. And they would just cry. And I'd just tell them about Jesus. They'd just cry. Big old boy. I mean, just big old boys, you know? Sitting there, the ones that just run their mouth with their buddies, just run their mouth on, yeah, yeah, and they just say things about me and stuff like get in that truck right there and they just turn, change their tune. So, what I want to tell you is this what I learned a long time ago in the crowd, it's real easy. They will ridicule you, so be careful in the crowd. But one-on-one, they'll listen to you. And I can tell you, it's been many, many years that I meet those guys, and they will tell me how God changed their lives in that truck of that. We'd riding up down uh, 138 Highway to I-20. God did it. So either, hey, listen, they were in the truck with me. I'm running about 65 miles an hour. Either you're going to listen to me, or you can jump out, one or the other. Right? <laughs> Hey, the seatbelt law wasn't back then. And if you say the wrong thing, I'll open the door. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I want you to understand that. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, the world doesn't know. Most people don't. Most people want to do right, but they don't know what's right. See, we, we assume that people know. They don't know. So the reason that God has you in their life is so that you can be right, you can set an example of what right is before them and so they can learn what right is. People can't do better, be better till they know better, and you have learned better, and therefore you can help others know better, right? And so if you think you're just here just to suck up air and take space, you're wrong, friend. God's got a plan for your life, and that is that you show people the right way that they can know the right way. Amen. So, I have this next step on your connection card. Look what it says. It says, I will do my best to help the people around me become aware of God's truth. Will you do that? Will you make that a plan? You're saving their life when they know the truth. Most people are living a lie, and God has called you to help them live the truth. Okay. All right. Number three, again, saying I will to my church. Here's, here comes the benefit. Number three. Let's read, what, read it together. You ready? Connect for godly support. And would you write down, here's the benefit, presence of God. Presence of God. Matthew 18 and 20 again. Look what Jesus said. This is Jesus speaking here, not Jeff. For where two or three gather together in my name. Let's read this last part together. You ready? Here we go. Read it out loud. I am there in the midst of them. Would you circle that last statement? I'm there in the midst of them. I want to tell you there is a difference between worldly support and godly support. There's a big difference. Anybody can say it's going to be okay. It'll be all right. You'll make it. Come on. Suck it up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Anybody can say that. 
But the difference between the worldly support and godly support is godly support is God speaking through another believer or acting through another believer. Here's what it looks like. There's going to be times in your life to where things are going to be going on and this person that you're speaking to, you're not told them anything about it, but all of a sudden they're going to say something to you that you know is directly associated with the issue going on in your life. Has anybody ever experienced that besides me? Anybody? Okay, yes. Many of us in this room. All of a sudden they were talking. They said something, and when they said that, it was speaking directly to what, you, what was going on in your life. That is the Spirit of God working through a believer, and that is the support, that is the support of a godly family. Let me tell you something. There's other times that you're going to, you are going to be speaking to somebody or someone's going to come to you with a problem. You that are Christ followers. They're going to come to you with a problem. They're going to begin to tell you this is going on in their life. This is going on. This is going on. And all of a sudden, right there, in that moment, you are going to speak a profound word to that person. That word is going to go forth. It's going to touch their heart. And they're going to look at you and say, I never thought about that before. And they're going to go, and they're going to grab that statement, that word, and they're going to walk out there, and it's going to give them life, and they're going to find the answer, and they're going to go act on that word, and it's going to change everything. And you're going to be walk away, and you're going to be tempted to walk away going, I'm good, I'm good, I know I'm really good. I'm going to tell you, no, you're not, no, you're not. The God in you is good. Amen? No, you, you're not that good. You, you know you're not that good, right? I mean, come on, Ruth, you know you're not that smart. In that moment, God spoke something. There was a thought that came into your mind that, that you've never thought before. Come into your mind, you spoke that word. God spoke to you so he could speak through you. And that word went out, and it helped somebody else. That was God using you. Listen, and don't get so excited because God has used a jackass before. Okay, I'm, I'm being serious with you, all right? Before you, I mean, read your Bible. Read your Bible. What's that? God actually used a donkey to talk one time before. So when you get so high and mighty, you say, boy, I'm on God's big list. Well, I always, people look at me sometimes and they say, well, he used a donkey before. He's using one. He can use you, right? So if you feel like you're nobody, never mind. Okay, you got it. 99% of God's miracles are going to come through other people. Do you understand that? 99%. When you're praying about something, God's going to, 99% of the time, God's going to answer your prayers through somebody else. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times I've prayed, God, I need an answer, I need an answer. And I pray, God, write it in the sky. And because I'm a man of faith, I pray that prayer, and I go look up in the sky, and all of a sudden I see this white stream in the air, and I'm like, yes, Lord, and realize this is jet fuel. Whatever's happening. Mm -mm. But there's been many times, most of the time, that there's been people like you in my life, some people that I didn't even know, who were believers, would come up and say something, and they would speak life into me. I'm telling you, 99% of your answer is going to come to other people. So why in the world, why in the world would you not want to be connected to other believers in a church, 
If God's going to send 99% of the answers through other believers, then why in the world would you not be connected to make it much easier for God to get a message to you? And so that's why at SEC, I'm doing a class uh, next week on Sunday night, again, called Discovering SEC. If you're new to SEC, I'd love for you to come out and let's talk about our church so you'll know what it's about and see if you want to be connected to it. So if you're willing to do that, on the back of your connection card, there's a box that says Discovering SEC next week, 6 p.m., and it's class 101. Maybe you need to take class 201 or 301 or 401. Why don't you check that box as well? Okay, so understanding that when I make commitments, when I say I will, and I make commitments, by the way, you're never ready for a commitment. You understand that? You're never ready. It's like, you know, you're never like, when you're super out of shape, you say, okay, you know what? Well, I'm ready to get in shape. No, you're not. You made the commitment, then you get ready, right? So you're never ready for a commitment. You have to make the commitment first, and then you grow to the commitment. Number four, saying I will to my church helps me, number four, connect with God's family. Okay, you got that? Here's the benefit. You ready? Unity of God. Write that down. Unity of God. Here's what he says. Again, going back to verse 19, Jesus saying this. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you, what? Would you circle that? If two of you agree, that's unity. On earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Okay? That's unity. Now, let me just tell you. I'm going to let you in on something. All right, now, everybody look at me just a second. The devil attacks at the place of unity. The devil attacks at the place of unity. You don't believe it? Look at our marriage stats. Over 50% of people that marry for the first time in a divorce. Why? Because the devil attacks at unity. Second time marriages, it goes up to 70%. Third time, it goes up to 90%. Why? The devil attacks at unity. Look what the Bible says. Ephesians 5 and 31 it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be what? Be united to his wife. See, unity, united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. Now, keep that thought in mind, all right? <clears throat> Look at the last part. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Let me explain this to you. When a man and a woman decide to come together... And they, in a most united fashion, they uniting themselves together. When they come together spiritually, physically, and emotionally together, and they unite together, when that happens, there is life-giving power there that can give life to another human being. You see what I'm talking about? It's only at the state of unity that life is that life is birth. In other words, a baby is born. It can be born, uh, conceived, I should say, can be conceived when two people come together who willingly unite together, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. It's the most powerful thing in the whole world is creating life. So unity always creates life. Watch this. Division always destroys life. 
Did you hear that? Unity creates life. Division destroys life. Now notice we see that in the human fashion, but the Bible says this is also a spiritual principle between Christ and the church. When the church is united together with God, it creates life. Matter of fact, I have this statement coming up here. Look what it says. Unity in the church, unity in God's community, the church, what's that last two words say? Brings life. You see that? Unity in God's community, which is the church, brings life. It always brings life. You see, unity is what makes Stockbridge community. It brings life. Unity in the church brings life. And it's this unity that we have to have. Now, let me say this to you. Again, unity brings life. Division brings death. In this church that we have witnessed this throughout the years, we have had people to walk into this church Remember, unity brings life. When we come together, we're united under the name of Jesus. There is a power that is working around us. The unity of God that brings the peace of God. People walk into this church, and I've had people say to me after the fact, I walked into this church, and I was about to end my life. But when I come into that church, and I sit among those people, and we sang the songs, we worshiped, we heard the message, there was something about that church, and there was the power in there that convinced me that I could have a new life, and I no longer wanted to commit suicide. I've had people walk into this church and tell me afterwards, we walked in this church, me and my wife, and we were on the verge of divorce. We had done everything but file the papers. But when we sat in the sanctuary and we, the spirit and the power of God, there was something inside of us that said we could do this. And therefore, the unity brought life to that situation. And it healed it. We've had people that were strung out for weeks. There's a man in our first service here today. He could barely breathe. I knew his history. He'd been, he'd been on a binge a long time, but, but he'd come today. And while they sit here today, the power of God come in. Why? The power that brings life through unity touched him today in that first service. And he walked up to me afterwards and said, I'll see you again. It's the power of God. It's unity. I read this connection card a few weeks ago. This young lady turned it in. It says, when I entered the church, I began listening to the pastor. Now, she's the age between 12 and 17. I began listening to the pastor preach. And I'm glad because now I want to change my life. Unity brings life. And that's why we're doing what we're doing at SCC. That's why we're expanding our facility. That's why we're doing it. You've been hearing us talk about this about a year. That's why we're doing it. Why are we doing this initiative? Why are we doing the I will initiative? Because we're saying, God, I will. 
I will do whatever you want me to do. Why? So that we can expand our facility, that people can enter and have life. Listen, with that, when you bring your friends and your family and they walk into a family of God that's united like we are, when they do, there is nothing but power that goes out that brings life. Life happens. And that's why we're expanding our facility. It's because we feel like that everybody deserves the opportunity for a better life. Because there's a power in unity that God has given us as his family. On the screen, this summarizes everything that I've said today. Look what it says. Ready? Being united to a church family helps me become aware of God's presence so I can experience God's peace and witness God's power. That's the benefits. Let me read to you again. You ready? Let's just read it together. You ready? Come on. Being united to a church family helps me become aware of God's presence so I can experience God's peace and I can witness God's power. That's the benefit. And that's the benefit we're going to give to everybody else in our community. Right? Don't you think there's people out there that need to need to experience God's peace and to witness God's power? Don't you believe that? Your friends, your neighbor, your, your children, your parents, your neighborhood, your, your neighbors, your, 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 the people you work with, the people that go to our schools, they need to experience it, and the world gets better. So today I want to encourage you. I want you to stand with me, and we're going to begin to make a declaration that we are the church. And today I want you to sing this out. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to sing this out. And with all your heart, that we're the, we're the church the world is waiting for. Because we're the conscience of God. Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have you've already begun to speak to us. And I pray right now, God. Lord, as we raise our voices, our hands, O oh Lord. And we begin to sing these words out, O oh God, that you will make them a reality in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's sing together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.